So my name is Rebecca. I'm a nurse and I have been working for two years now. I have been looking for a community of people, of like-minded people for a long time. So I one day was just like fed up and I was like, you know what, I'm going to Google. And I went to Google and I like was like Christian medical conference and just like looking up random stuff kind of about that. And that this is what came up. So I ended up finding out about CMDA and we have been showered with blessings and showered with love and we just were not expecting this at all. Ever since the start of the conference, we couldn't help but just take a moment every single night before we went to bed and just like literally get on our knees and thank God for answering our prayer and for just being so faithful to us and, and through the people at this place. I didn't realize that a community like this existed and it makes me want to cry thinking that it does because this is exactly what I've been praying for for so long and to see God answer it in such a detailed and like very almost personalized way is a really, really big praise report for me. Hi, this is Dr. Mike Chupp, and you are listening to CMDA Matters, the weekly podcast of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. You know, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, then you know that we are in the middle of our year-end giving campaign. I'm very happy to share with you that a little over $157,000 have been given, allowing us to claim the $146,000 matching gift that we announced just a few weeks ago. Thank you to all of you who are helping to lead the way in claiming this matching gift. I'm so encouraged as I think about the ministries that will remain strong and achieve even greater impact because of your generosity. I also have some more good news. If you haven't given, there is still time and your generosity is needed and it'll be used to make a difference in the lives of many through your CMDA. With the matching gift, A little over $300,000 has been committed toward our goal of $900,000 by December 31st. Friends, as you consider your gift, please let our stewardship team know if they can answer any questions or assist you in any way. They can be reached by calling 888-230-2637, or you can just email us using stewardship at cmda.org. And to give online, just visit cmda.org slash give. We are so thankful here at CMDA for our champions who invest so deeply and support this ministry. And this week's episode features one of those champions of CMDA, Dr. Adriana Brenica. She is the chairman of CMDA's Coalition of Christian Nurse Practitioners. She also sits on our CMDA Board of Trustees. Well, Adrian and I sat down a couple of weeks ago at the Global Missions Health Conference to chat about how nurse practitioners are such an integral part of CMDA's mission to bring the hope and healing of Christ to our world through healthcare. I hope you'll keep listening and hear a whole lot more from Adrian Abrenica. Well, today on CMDA Matters, I have the distinct privilege of being out in the field 
at the famous annual Global Missions Healthcare Conference in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, I knew as this conference came up that I was going to get to interact with some very special people, including one of our CMDA trustees, who is the first ever nurse practitioner who's been on our board of trustees, who also has been so critical for leadership for one of our newer specialty sections, the nurse practitioner section. And that's uh, Dr. Adriana Brenica. So welcome to CMDA Matters today, Adrian. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. So I still remember the first phone call uh, that I reached out to you because we really wanted to, we have room for three associate members including advanced practice clinicians. And so just talking with other nurse practitioners, uh, a couple of people say, suggested I talk to Dr. Uh, Brenica. So thank you for saying yes uh, to that opportunity. Yeah, that was probably one of the easiest and best yeses I, besides <laughs> marrying my husband uh, that I made. So it's been an, an amazing opportunity to serve alongside everybody uh, here at CMDA. and. And the people that I've met along the way, it's been really, really amazing. Well, Adrian, why don't you tell us a little bit about your path to becoming a nurse practitioner? And was that actually your initial initial goal or did that become your goal during your undergraduate training? So I actually started out to become a physician assistant. So pretty similar to a nurse practitioner. Sure. Um, I loved medicine and science ever since I was younger. Uh, my senior year of high school, my sister had a brain injury, which kind of projected me even further into wanting to mm. you know, learn about medicine, learn about science. And I went to school initially to be a physician assistant. And the schooling was just not what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I switched gears a couple years in and I went, started from the beginning again and went back to school for nursing. Um, and that's where I really fell in love. I think the school of nursing is taught in such a different aspect from the school of medicine um, that really flowed well with how I learn and how I care for people. So as soon as I finished undergrad, I think almost right away, I knew I was going to go back to school to continue to further my career. It was it was deep rooted in me from the beginning, and I knew that there was going to be no limit to what I really wanted to do with this profession. So it took a good six and a half years to get there yeah. <laughs> with all of the schooling, um, you know, starting out as a PA and then transitioning over, but well worth it. And then, I, you know, obviously the schooling for the, the advanced degrees, but I would never have picked anything else. This is this is where I'm meant to be. So tell our listeners, what does your practice look like now? I, I know that you have a different job now than you had maybe even three years ago. Right. So as a nurse practitioner, I started out doing uh, cardiothoracic surgery. So I was an NP for a few years there, transitioned to cardiology, inpatient cardiology. And that's where I've been for the past seven years. I am going to be starting a new job uh, actually in the next two weeks, and that will be outpatient um, at a homeless facility where we will be doing medical respite care as well as care for the homeless that are going to be housed in this facility. Um, It's what I've always wanted to do. It's been like a passion of mine to work with the underserved and the underprivileged, the homeless, and um, the opportunity was really a God thing. It just fell into my lap, so I, I couldn't not take it. Now, this is in Maryland, isn't, isn't that right? Uh, Delaware. In De- Delaware. Delaware, mm-hmm. okay. So Northern Delaware, it's a, a state-owned facility, and um, one whole entire floor of it will be medical care. So there'll be three physicians and myself. Wow. Yeah. So is this an FQHC sort of setting or something that the city is paid? How does it get paid for? So the building, it's it, it's unique, and it's it, that's why I think it's a great opportunity. The building itself is 
run by the state. The healthcare system that I actually work for now owns one floor, or I, I guess probably rents out one floor, and provides the medical care in the building. So I'm still within the same health system that I'm working in now, just in a different capacity. So having gotten to know you on the board and, and, and personally, I know that whole person care, including spiritual care, introducing faith into your interactions with patients is important to you. Is that going to be easy for you in this new job? I believe so. I believe it might even be easier than the job I'm in now, the inpatient setting. Inpatient is very fast paced. Uh, You get very little time with your patients and it's hard to even build a relationship sometimes to the point where you feel like you can ask about somebody's spiritual health or get some details around what they believe. So in my new role, I'm going to have longer periods of time to spend with these patients and I'm going to be seeing them on an ongoing basis. So I believe I'll definitely have some time to interact and and really spread the word. How much case management will you end up Uh, doing? (laughs) Or or do you have people who are going to do that for you? There there are people to do that, but they, they did say that a lot of that will rely on us too. And and they really were looking for people that want to provide that kind of help and are willing to go above and beyond to make the phone calls and write the letters and, and help people, you know, get back to society in a capacity where they can thrive. So I'm ready for it. So had you known one of the physicians or at, at what led them to say, hey, let's hire a nurse practitioner to help us with this work? Yeah. So they have one opening for a nurse practitioner. That, that was it. I even asked if they plan on hiring more and they said, no, it's mm. just me, um, which which is great, but I wanted to bring in some more colleagues. I thought it was a really neat opportunity, but the long story short is I, like I said, I've had a passion for working with the homeless and the underserved, and I really wanted to start my own street medicine practice. So I've been doing some things on the side with my church in that aspect, and I was trying to involve people in the healthcare system that I work with now to get resources and find out information as to how I could potentially get this off the ground. And I got introduced to a physician who works at the place where I'm going to be going to, and he works on a mobile van that the healthcare system already operates twice a week. So we got to emailing back and forth. Both of us were really passionate about the topic, and he was willing to help me in any way that he could. And after about our fourth and fifth email, he said, you know, we have this position open uh, uh-huh. where, where I work. Like, why don't you apply? It sounds like this is right up your alley. So, <clears throat> excuse me, it really was a God thing, I think, because I, I didn't know this doctor. I had, have no way of getting in contact with him, except I got introduced to him through somebody else who saw one of him, one of his grand rounds, and it just kind of spiraled into to where it is now. Well, Adrian, let's talk a little bit about the ability for nurse practitioners maybe in comparison to even physicians these days, to address all of the patient's needs. And as I've watched through my career, both PAs and nurse practitioners become bigger and bigger part taking on the the frontline care of patients and talked with many of my colleagues, especially in primary care, to see that some of them get further and further removed from patient care because of the frontline workers and they become sort of supervisors, administrators over the charts and over the supervising the overall care. And so I've known that some of our physicians. Some some people ask us, Mike, why you've broadened the tent so broadly, it's not a physician association anymore. And I'm saying, well, frankly, patient care has changed a lot. Oh, yes. And if we're going to impact our culture and patient care for the gospel and the kingdom, we have to involve others on the team, the advanced practice clinicians. So talk to us just a little bit about what you have seen as your ability, maybe or maybe not in the practice that you've 
you've been in up until now and, and what's coming, but as you look at nurse practitioners in general, what do you see as the advantages in terms of whole patient care? I think that we're taught from a really different school, like I'd mentioned before, the School of Nursing, um, which that is the sole focus. That's the first thing that we learn is the patient is a whole. Um, and that's ingrained into all of our training, all of our clinical work. And I think we come from a different side from the medical side because for the most part, to be a nurse practitioner, you're first a registered nurse at the bedside. So you get that one-on-one -on -one contact the entire time that you're in school to be a nurse practitioner. So you learn how to do very basic care for somebody, bed baths, change their sheets, help them eat, you know, the things that really are uh, a comfort to those who are, who are in need and also just basic, you know, ways of living that we all take for granted sometimes. So I think that allows nurses to kind of bring themselves down to a level and humble themselves, um, which then as we go through our schooling to advanced degrees, brings about that entire whole patient care aspect where we, we saw it at the bedside, we were there firsthand, and then we kind of progress through with more so the knowledge portion, but we always keep that patient-centered care at the focus of what we do. So clearly as you entered NP, the NP aspect of your training, it's a very different experience than a PA training because Correct. that you're gaining clinical experience as you're going through training as a PA, but in nurse practice, you've already been doing patient Correct. care. Correct, right. I read an article about five years ago in the New England Journal of Medicine. Frankly, as I was preparing to be interviewed by the board to become CEO, and this whole idea of, you know, what's the tent of the future for CMDA going to look like? And in that article, it was projecting through 2030 what the healthcare for workforce was going to lo look like and tracking the growth of physicians, PAs, and nurse practitioners. By far, the growth in that article in the New England Journal of, of NPs was dramatically more than either of the other two PAs or physicians. In fact, a growth of 15% per year mm. until 2030. 7 or 8% for PAs, 1% for physicians. So I want to ask you a couple part question. Number one, why do you think that's the Why is there happening so much growth? And how is that going to impact healthcare in the U.S. by 2030? I think the growth is coming from nursing in general. Nurses are the largest portion of healthcare. I think there's over, the last I saw, there was over 5 million nurses um, in the United States alone. So the, the sheer amount of nurses that we have in the first place helps to sh show that growth for the nurse practitioner portion. Like I mentioned, you have to be a nurse first, a bedside nurse, in order to be an NP. So all of those nurses that are working now as bedside have the opportunity to go back to school to continue on. And I think when they see, and, and even what I've experienced at my place of work now is, when you develop a relationship with those nurses as a nurse practitioner, they see what you do, they see the work, they see how you interact with others and how it's different from what they do. They start to think like, wow, that's really something that I'm interested in. That looks really great. Like, I would love to do. I've had so many nurses be like, ask me about my job and ask me about the schooling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it looks like this is really great. And and so I think it's it's that whole, we, we're like a family. <laughs> as soon as you get into nursing, it's like a family. And yeah. we just want to see each other get better. We want to see each other grow and thrive. And and so I think that just the, the sheer number of nurses alone allows for that growth to come into the nurse practitioner realm. And for the future, I think. I personally think it's amazing. I think it's great. I I know so many nurse practitioners that have their own practice, that collaborate with doctors, that collaborate with others, and what they're doing is just 
unbelievable work. And I think if we could at some point <laughs> break away the, the sectioning off of, you know, doctor, PA, MP, and just realize we're all doing the same thing for the same purpose, mm-hmm. I think we could see such a great change in healthcare in the future. And I think the NPs are going to be a really integral part of that because of that whole patient care, as well as being able to work side by side with other physicians and PAs. And I may be biased, but I do think that, of course I'm biased, but (laughs) a distinctive of CMDA is that because our goal is to bring the hope and healing of Christ to the world through healthcare professionals, we see this as a bonus, as an advantage, as something we should be striving for as a healthcare team. Mm -hmm. But even with that in mind, have have you had any uh, experiences of pushback and maybe what do you what are you doing calling yourself a doctor <laughs> dr Brenica? have you had any of those experiences oh, yes. <laughs> i actually i i don't refer to myself as as doctor um i think you know i had a sole purpose of getting the my doctorate and that again goes back to working with the homeless and the underserved. I wanted to be able to do research at some point on that population. And that was where the doctorate came in. But so I still refer to myself just as Adrian. Uh, Uh I'm your nurse practitioner for the day, that kind of thing. Um, But yeah, there's, there's, you know, there's a generation of healthcare professionals, you know, physicians, anything, physicians, pharmacists, you know, you name it, that did not grow up or train with advanced practice providers. So to wrap their head around what we can do, what we're capable of, how we can help is just difficult. And that's, it's a learning curve and that's gonna be you know forever. But I, I think if we could, again, break that mold a little bit and showcase what we can do, showcase our care, it would help. You know, even when a physician makes a comment or even a patient, you know, makes a comment and, and asks for the doctor, you know, when I'm there and things like that, I, you know, you take it with a grain of salt. You, you understand where they're coming from. It's, it's, to me, it's just a learning curve. And I don't know that enough people understand what we do yet in order to understand our role. Well, let's switch gears. Let's talk a little bit about the CCNP, the Christian Coalition of Nurse Practitioners, which you're a part of and in leadership mm-hmm. for... I was at CMDA as executive VP when a group of nurse practitioners that knew our VP for campus ministries, uh, Bill Reichert, came up to headquarters and talked about, hey, we don't have a home, and boy, would we love a home as Christian nurse practitioners, and over the course of a year or so, blossomed the CCNP within CMDA. So talk to our listeners a little bit about how are nurse practitioners able to get engaged in, in ministry within CMDA, whether locally or regionally or nationally? Well, CMDA itself is a huge resource uh, to any Christian healthcare provider in general. So alone having the membership to CMDA, I think, is worth it. But on top of that, then as a nurse practitioner, you get membership to our group, which we're small, we're new still, we're growing, but we do try to make it a very intimate group where we can provide resources, we can connect people together. because. We all know that we're just looking for other people to do life together with that believe the same thing that we do, that that focus on the same tasks that we do. Um, so we're trying to create that space for, for nurse practitioners in such a big world where there's a small population of Christian uh, healthcare providers, but we know we have to stick together. So locally, we're in the process actually just this past, about two weeks ago, we started our first student chapter 
of CCNP Mm -hmm. in Georgia with a second student chapter that should be official within the next two weeks or so. So we're trying to start things in the smaller scale locally in areas so that we can get NPs while they're finishing up school. They can start a community. They can network together, fellowship, so they have that connection to grow into their career. Um, and then again, on you know a bigger level, CMDA in general and joining uh, CCNP, you have a nation full of nurse practitioners um, who are believers that you can connect with. We have members in almost every single state and in eight countries, actually, in CCNP. So um, again, we are, we're growing and we're always looking for people to come alongside of us and, and do this work together. We've been on the board for about three years. What surprised you about CMDA when you first came on the board and now you know you're on the finance committee, I think, of the board and so you know how we work financially quite well. What surprised you about this ministry when you first came on board? I think the biggest thing was how big the organization is in general, but it feels so small and close-knit and like family. So I knew of CMDA and I knew of all the resources and all the groups and all the sections and you get a better idea of that when you're sitting in a board meeting and hearing from all of these different pieces that go into the organization. But then at the same time, I felt like, well, man, this was just like a really nice small group of people. And it felt like family. And when you talk to other CMDA members, you automatically connect and you, you know, you click with people. So it's, it's got a really small home feel, but it's got such a big presence and a big, a big breadth of resources to help. Well, we're here at the at the Global Missions Healthcare Conference, which is starting this afternoon, mm-hmm. and you're here representing the CCNP. Talk to us about missions personally and as a group, as a specialty, and how have you seen nurse practitioners serving on mission, whether within CMDA ministries like Global Health Outreach or otherwise? Yeah, so I, I my first GHO trip was in... 2016 now. Wow, that's uh, a long long time ago. Um, But from what I can remember, I believe I was the only nurse practitioner at that time on that trip. And I I think the the issue is that there's a lot of NPs that don't realize they can be utilized on mission. And they think it's solely, you know, dental, medical, you know, in terms of physicians, and they don't realize that there is a space for us in that arena. So whether it's domestic, international, we definitely can be utilized. On that trip that I went on and on a subsequent trip that I went on, I was looked at as a doctor. I was used as a a first line provider. And obviously healthcare in other countries is different than here. And what we can do on mission is different than we do here in our work. But I think you know, whether you've been a practicing nurse practitioner for a long time, or even if you're brand new or just still in school, it's, it is beyond what you could imagine if you have the opportunity to do mission work, to, you know, get down to the nitty gritty, to, you know, use your critical thinking, to use those skills, to, to make those skills stronger that you can bring back home. Um, and I think, you know, if we could get more nurse practitioners to realize they can be used in this way, I think it would open up such a great door for us. Frankly, if I was a GHO team leader and I had to choose between 
an orthopedic surgeon and a nurse practitioner, <laughs> I mean, I, I know who I'd say I want on my team. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so, frankly, I think the, our listeners need to understand that uh, nurse practitioners who are actively doing patient care have a whole, especially primary care, mm. have a whole lot to offer on these teams and should get involved. What about long term? Do you know nurse practitioners who are serving overseas longer term? We actually have some members of CCMP who are overseas and they have I've been in contact with a handful of them. Names are not disclosed. Locations are not 100% disclosed. So you know they're yeah. <laughs> they're they're really the in, in in the in the works. But they have reached out and just you know to say they appreciate um, you know having a an organization that supports them and having an organization that they can refer back to and and the fellowship of people that are back here at you know home compared to where they have been um, you know staying for quite some time. So I, I'm sure long term is a whole nother world for nurse practitioners. But, you know, as we grow as a group in CCMP, we hope to provide resources for those international Mm. NPs that are out doing mission work. Well, Adrian, a very different topic, but uh, one that's very important um, that I asked if we could talk about. And you said yes. Back in 2020, our president at that time, Dr. Gloria Halverson, launched a new subcommittee of the board called the Red Committee, two R's. Uh, Racism, Reconciliation, Equality, and Diversity Committee that's been helping us negotiate very troubled times in America in terms of race relationships and racism and looking at healthcare disparities and so forth. And when she told me who was on the committee and she told me uh, our relatively brand new board member, Adriana Brenica, was on that committee, I was like, oh, that's interesting. (laughs) So tell our listeners what drew you to be on this task force, why it's a passion of yours to be talking about and, and helping the body of Christ, especially within healthcare, deal with this racial tension and racial reconciliation. I started on the right committee. It was before I, I guess everything is pre-COVID, post-COVID now, but it was it was right around that you know beginning beginning time of when it seemed like you know the world just started to you know hate each other, just really um, you know strong dislike. So. Um, I feel like I came out on a really good time uh, on that committee. And, you know, myself, I'm biracial. Uh, my father is African-American. My mother um, is, her whole family is from England. So I, I grew up looking a certain way. And then when people would see my family, you know, they would say certain things. And, um, you know, like, that's not your parents. There's no way, you know, things like that. I got all the nicknames and, and uh, you know, the bullying and things that happen when you're younger. But, you know, I developed a pretty tough skin. But as I became an adult and got further into my, you know, career as an NP and, and healthcare and having to take care of every tribe and nation and tongue, you know, you see what other people go through as well as what I have gone through. And that's kind of where it came from. And as soon as I heard about the Red Committee, I was like, oh, this is amazing. And it was- You you were designed (laughs) to be a participant. Um, And, and, you know, like I said, it was right at kind of that pivotal time where all this racial tension started to brew in the nation and things were happening and, you know, things that that weren't good. So we have had quite a few years as a committee. We've grown, we've, you know, we've failed, we've excelled. But I think in terms of the future, this, I mean, this is the future. This is, this is, this is not going away. Um, the racial tension, you know, as, as much as we would love it, it's going to continue for some time. So to have the committee be a part of CMDA and be rooted in uh, biblical truth, biblical scripture, and have the support of the organization to help us tackle these issues and help us tackle 
tackle them within healthcare as well is going to be insurmountable. I've appreciated the webinar that you put together as a committee called Adjusting Your Sales, mm-hmm. and I've attended at least one of those and been challenged to, I'd like the, the whole, just that metaphor of, <laughs> of adjusting your sales because the winds are different. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've always been there, but I think they are stronger right, right now. And uh, in some respects, as Christians in healthcare facing some headwinds, and then serving on the ICMDA board with about 10 or 12 different nationalities represented, and to realize that we as Americans, we just so quickly want to talk and speak into situations we're not the best listeners. Right. And so for me, adjusting your sales has been a time of asking God to help me be a better mm-hmm. listener. Yeah, you know, that that whole series, is it, it's a labor of love. Uh, we, you know, we know that we bring up controversial topics. We know that we bring up things that people won't agree with, but I think it's it's needed. These are the discussions that need to be had. There are ways to learn to love others too, you know, to hear somebody else's point of view, to hear somebody else's life story, to understand where they're coming from and why they think a certain way. Like you said, it opens your eyes to, to how you then, you know, see the world and how you have perceived things. So I think the committee is, we're doing some really great work and it's been such a blessing to have the support of CMDA. And your chair is... Um our president-elect. That's right. <laughs> Dr. Omari Hodge. And actually, our current president has been serving right? on the That's, committee, yeah. <laughs> Dr. George Gonzalez. So you're well represented on, right. on the board. And so, Adrian, thank you for joining me today for CMDA Matters. Mm-hmm. And I just pray over the next few days, you'll have many divine appointments. And I heard uh, Luis Palau, who's gone to heaven, say once, the great big doors swing open on very small hinges. Mm-hmm. And those hinges he's talking about are very small conversations. In this building where we're sitting, I have had so many of those small hinge discussions right. at this conference. And uh, God opened doors, uh, both for Timic Hospital, where I was serving, as well as for some folks who were looking for God's call and direction, a place to serve. So I'm very excited uh, about what we have ahead of us over these next few days. And thank you for serving CMDA so faithfully. Thank you. It's been uh, an honor for me to say I'm uh, related to this organization. And like I said, it's, it's family. So I always look forward to seeing my family. We're glad yeah. you're part of our family. Thank you. Among all of our various ministries, CMDA's specialty sections give you the unique opportunity to equip, network, and fellowship with colleagues in your specific healthcare specialty. Organized by CMDA members, the sections include the Addiction Medicine Section, the Coalition of Christian Nurse Practitioners, the Psychiatry Section, and more. You can find the full list of sections at cmda.org slash specialty sections. And if you don't see a section for your specialty, new sections are currently under development with CMDA's campus and community ministries. Contact CCM at cmda.org for more information about getting involved or starting a section. Well, CMDA specialty sections, just like the Coalition of Christian Nurse Practitioners, or CCNP for short, they are a valuable resource for our members. So I hope that you'll take advantage of these opportunities to connect with your colleagues in your particular specialty. The CCNP encourages, educates, and challenges members of advanced practice nursing to engage in a deeper, more fulfilling walk with our Savior, equipping them to impact the lives of others with the gospel. Outside of their clinical practices, you'll find Adrian and other CCNP members participating in 
local Bible study fellowships and volunteering in refugee clinics or participating in international missions, even advocating for health professionals and mentoring other student advanced practice nurses. If you'd like more information because you'd like to get involved, just visit cmda.org ccnp. Those of us who serve in the healthcare professions have the best opportunities to point individuals toward Christ. One of our big priorities here at CMDA is to help train healthcare professionals to integrate their faith into their practice of healthcare. That's why we produce faith prescriptions. This on-demand video series will teach you to share your faith in ethical and appropriate ways with colleagues and patients. And it would also teach you to pray with patients and much, much more. To get started with the series, which is free to CMDA members, visit the CMDA Learning Center at cmda.org learning. You know, my conversation with Adrian today reminded me how important it is for all Christians in healthcare to join together and to stand together as we seek to change hearts in healthcare. And that's why, friends, we've made membership in CMDA for physicians as well as dentists, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, pharmacists, dental hygienists, healthcare administrators, and even more. Would you consider sharing this week's episode with your colleagues and encourage them to join CMDA? We've recently simplified our membership dues structure, and it'll make it easier to join. Just visit cmda.org join if you'd like to learn more and to join and become a member of CMDA today. Are you interested in short-term mission trips? Well, now is the time to start thinking about signing up for a global health outreach trip. GHO sends teams around the world to places like El Salvador, East Africa, India, the Pacific, Central Asia, Nicaragua, the Middle East, and many others. Through these trips, we disciple participants, grow national churches, share the gospel, and provide care to the poor and needy. Our teams minister in outpatient primary care medicine and dentistry, and in small and large hospitals to provide surgical services. If you are interested in using the skills and resources the Lord has entrusted to you, please visit cmda.org GHO to learn more and find a trip that works in your schedule. Well, as I wrap it up today, please join me next Thursday because Dr. Jeff Barrows and I will be joined by Dr. Pivey Rossinen, who actually joined us last year on CMDA Matters in June to share about her experience of facing criminal charges in Finland for standing up for her faith. She's got a great update to share with us about her case, so I want to ask you to be sure to listen next week. As always, if you want to suggest a future guest for the podcast, you can just email us using the address cmdamatters at cmda.org. And if you like our podcast, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and share us 
on your favorite social media platform. As we close this week, I want to share this brief comment from another nurse practitioner who has greatly benefited from CCNP and CMDA. This NP says, I continue to find CMDA a great Christian medical resource. And all of their information, including that for CCNP, is an encouragement of how God is working in and through Christian healthcare professionals. Well, that statement is an amazing reminder for us within CMDA because God is working in and through healthcare professionals to be bringing the hope and healing of Christ to our world. As Adrian shared with us, God is working through us to break the mold of healthcare and to make a difference for Christ and his kingdom right where we are serving. This week, friends, I pray that you are being educated and encouraged and equipped through your CMDA's ministries, just like our specialty section, the Coalition of Christian Nurse Practitioners, and that you also will be bringing, whatever your specialty, you'll be bringing the hope and healing of Christ to the world through your healthcare practice. That is what matters to CMDA, and CMDA matters. We'll see you next week, God willing. This podcast has been a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. CMDA is a nonpartisan organization that does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on this podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members and are not intended to imply endorsement of any political party or candidate.